0: This episode of the Beauté Industry Podcast was brought to you by the Aesthetic and Beauty Industry Council. Hello and welcome to the Beauté Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauty Industry, Tamara Reid. Here we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauté Industry. Today, my guest is Maxine Rose from soul to skin Wellness. The ever asked question, how do I get my contact services to translate into the digital world, is one which therapists often struggle with, but not Maxine. She's harnessed her soulful and sensory client support systems and, in fact, has taken them to the next level with personalized prescriptions and virtual consultations. The beauty of hindsight is that you're able to take a look back on your life and career and with the knowledge you have now say, well, that was a great move or gosh, I wish I had done that differently. Maxine, however, had the opposite. She had the beauty of foresight, which led her to shift her once in-person services offering into the virtual space prior to the pivot the pandemic set upon all of our businesses. Today, Maxine shares how she's used her unique ability to read a person and their face with us in today's conversation, as well as getting vulnerable about the roller coaster of one's personal life that often throws that elusive work-life balance off track. Here's Maxine and I for Beauté Industry. Maxine, welcome to the Beauté Industry podcast. Thanks, Tamara, for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much for spending your morning with me today. Um, You may be aware that we start all of our episodes at the very beginning of our guest career. And um, I'd like to pick your brain on just finding out how you entered into the industry to start off with.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, it's a little bit interesting, I guess. I sort of took a detour before I entered the beauty industry. Um, So when I finished high school, I think I had an interest in it for sure and a little you know there was probably a little bit of a spark of a passion there at the time but um, I'm pretty broad in my interests so I decided to go to TAFE and become qualified in office administration become a secretary I guess you could say um and it wasn't until so I did that for quite some time and it wasn't until um you know, probably around mid-20s that I actually started to study it. So I was working full-time in property management. I did it a little bit differently than perhaps some people. I actually studied it um, by correspondence and did my practicals, obviously, on site at the college that I was learning through. So, yeah, I'd just gotten to a point where, I really wanted to do something that I was more passionate about and decided to take the leap into um, actually studying, yeah, something that I, I felt more aligned with at the time. So that's
0: what I did yeah cool when you were doing admin and secretarial work and property Mm. management did you always um you know have an interest or were you kind of looking at the trends in the industry or when did that kind of passion spark and and make you want to go okay now is the time I need to go back and study
1: yeah I guess um I've, I've always been interested in well-being and I've, also, I've always, you know, sort of looked at different things in in the arena of well-being and beauty and skin care. So I was a regular client. I had a really wonderful beauty therapist who was local to, to me. So every month I would show up there for my appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so therapeutic for me and I think just over time I that realisation deepened and it grew and I think that's where the passion for it came from. I just I just really wanted to, I knew that you could make a difference to someone because I had experienced it myself yeah. um, and I felt like that was more of a way that I could really, um, yeah, make a positive difference to someone's life. So she was a role model as well, the beauty therapist that I went to. Um, she was heavily booked. She was very popular. She was a wonderful therapist, um, you know, very professional, but became a really great friend to me, almost like a big sister. So um, I, I think that had a lot to do with it as well. Um, I just knew I didn't want to want to be quite as run off my feet as what she was, but I, I saw that she, you know, the difference she could make with me and obviously other clients. And I thought, yeah, like I've really got to do this at some point. Um, it was a tricky time because while I studied my first marriage was actually breaking up as well, but yeah. it was something, um, yeah, it, it was definitely something that I'd had a dream to do and I think I'd just been too afraid to, to take that step up until that point. So, um, yeah, I actually really that, you know, studying beauty therapy became a bit of a guidepost for me during that, tough times so yeah it was inspiration for me yeah
0: yeah I mean it's a big um a big move picking up and changing entire careers and then you know with so many changes that you had at home as well my goodness that would have been a lot of change at once and I know as humans you know we um we don't like change we tend to kind of resist that because we're creatures of habit you kind of um what's the word like reinvented yourself
1: (laughs) yeah yeah very much so and to be honest, that's probably the story of my life. <laughs> um, so that, that was a bit of a baptism of fire, I guess you could say. But I had already, you know, sort of experienced some things like that in the workplace and where um, there tended to be a theme and there has been ongoing where, you know, I'd sort of jump in the deep end and learn how to swim basically. Um, but the reinvention side of things, you know, when there's drastic, um change such as what was going on in my personal life at the time um yeah it, it's interesting that for me I just I anchored to that vision of what I wanted to do and that really helped me to go through that um I was very organized with how I approach my study <laughs> Um, and, you know, I did actually take some time off because the personal situation warranted that um, and the college, you know, they'd allowed for that anyway. So if you were a correspondence um, student, there was that sort of option if you needed. So I took six months off and then came back to it and and finished it. So, yeah, it was um, it was so good to do. And I was so, so thrilled to finish. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sometimes when there's chaos in one part of your life, you just need to find control in another part. So this would have been like your control while the chaos was happening.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think, um, you know, you, you need to, you need to anchor into something um, somehow. And that's not always possible is what I've found in other situations. Um, but if you can, then it, I think it serves you really well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so you um, service as more of like a soulful, holistic type, type of um, practitioner. Did you find yourself gravitating towards this during study or was this kind of afterwards once you entered into the industry and, you know, did some typical beauty and then you went, mm, no, I feel a little bit more aligned this way?
1: Yeah, a bit of both, I guess you could say. So there was an incl- sort of the beginnings of it when I was studying because, um, in the product knowledge aspect we um, the college had you know two brands that we would do product knowledge in which were very mainstream beauty traditional beauty at the time so this was back in around about 2006 um, so there wasn't a lot that I was aware of at the time in terms of natural organic and holistic sort of approaches or um, well not not that I was, seeing or sort of privy to so um we also got a choice to actually um do product knowledge in a brand that we wanted to do so that actually allowed me to open up to a natural skincare brand so I approached them asked if I could do product knowledge wasn't something that they always did but they were super happy for that so um that was my first um foray into kind of the natural space and something more holistic, I guess. Um, And even then that particular brand, which is a very well-known Australian natural brand now, um, they didn't even actually offer retail products back then. So they were strictly professional only, which was, you know, I was very honored to actually be able to, to do the product knowledge. So that was my first little inkling. And I just started to research it myself. So it it was particularly related to the products, I guess, at the time. But then, you know, that opened up to just along the way um, learning about practices and different therapies and um, more into the well-being side of things as well. So not strictly skin. Yeah.
0: Yeah, very cool. And so when along your career did you had that light bulb moment and you thought actually I want to do this for myself and become a business owner in my own right?
1: Sure so I was able to secure a my first job was going to be at a beautiful day spa um, down on the New South Wales south coast which was a little bit away from where I lived um, but not so far so I thought yep this is great I'll I'll make the final transition out of property management and go into um, what I really wanted to do. Um, Unfortunately, that job fell through (laughs) and I actually returned to my previous role. So, um, yeah, just temporarily basically and then um, ended up with another position a little bit um, up sort of further north um, at a day spa and I was actually able to combine both my admin um, and I guess you could say staff skills that I had at that point, as well as my beauty skills. Um, but again, it just wasn't the right environment for me. It was actually unfortunately a bit of a toxic culture in that particular business. Mm-hmm. So I had a couple of um false starts. <laughs> and I, I guess after that one, because I'd been at that position for a few months, I thought, oh, well you know, I really sort of started to question it um, in terms of, gosh, is is this what the industry has to mm. offer? I guess. And it was only two places, but it really, I guess I felt a little bit gun shy. Um, so I did actually go back to my property management role full time um, for quite a while. And probably about six months later, I think I sort of said to myself, I want to do my own thing. Um I'd held myself back because I was new to the industry and I didn't think that you could go into business straight away when you're a new therapist. Um, but I got over that and decided that I could, and I knew what I wanted to do. Um, so I set it up at home as a part-time business. And that was my, my beginning into hands-on treatments and home care.
0: Yay. I love it. I think, um, I mean, I certainly had that very same experience where my first role out of beauty, I was, um, you know, and I have mentioned this on the podcast numerous times, but I was thrown in as the only beauty therapist in a massage and day spa center and the business owner sold um, something ridiculous like 3,200 Scoupon Groupon Things, you know, those <laughs> insane things. Jeez. And um, I was just smashed, you know, 6am to 6pm all day, all night, no break, no clean and retail. I was sworn at, I was expected to put a mask on a client, duck out, do a quick spray tan, duck back into the room. Like it was absolutely wild. And I thought too, oh, my goodness, what have I got myself into? Why? I have a dumb beauty. You know, I thought it was such a caring and nurturing industry and here I am, um, you know, slaving my guts out for somebody who, you know, doesn't even care at all, who's hung over on a Sunday throwing up in the shower while we're trying to do a couple's treatment, you know. Exactly. (laughs) Absolutely yeah. mortified. And it was only until I went to um, Indota Spa and thankfully had um, a beautiful business owner there. Um, Cause obviously we know that franchises can be, um, you know, inconsistent sometimes, um, but had a great business owner there. And then I thought, oh my goodness, now I understand the culture and the ritual and, you know, the calming industry that it can be. Um, but again, that's not everyone's experience of a franchise. I was just very lucky that that was mine. So I know exactly what you mean in that, you know, you you do, you study for such a long time that you're like, are you joking? I've just done all of this, this rogue business owner. I'm getting out, <laughs> but I'm glad that you um, found your way back. Yes,
1: I did. I'm, I'm so pleased that you understand you've got your own personal experience with it because, um, you, know, you know, we've all got different experiences with how we started and how our, how our time in the industry has been. So, yes, it's so lovely, exactly as you say, when you do actually find, um, you know, the people that do inspire you and, and sort of affirm what you originally perceived the industry was about, mm. Um yeah, it's, it's really important because you can just lose faith very quickly, I think. Um, and, yeah, it's important to find your way back to what you originally wanted to do and the difference you want to
0: make. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that challenge of kind of getting thrown in the deep end and then thinking, oh my goodness, is this actually for me? Um, and then obviously the challenge of starting your own business right away. Mm. Um, what do they look like, and and how did you kind of navigate some of those more tricky times? You know, because I think in beauty school we're often not even taught how to run a business. You know, we've got like this tiny little salon component which mm-hmm. might last four to six weeks, and you literally tick off some checklists of you know a cleaning end of day checklist and then that's all it's like okay now you're a business owner what you know how did you navigate that um that startup
1: yes there is so much more to being a business (laughs) owner than than that little part that's for sure um I mean initially I think um I was still working full time so it was part-time business outside it for about four or five years Um, and I think that was really healthy for, for me to start out because it, it gave me, um, you know, the financial security of the, the wage that I was earning through my day job, but also a chance to, you know, spread my wings a little bit into this passion. Um, and yeah, to be honest, I didn't really face that many challenges um, in that first little part. I mean, it was a little bit of learning as I went along and actually um, did more treatments on different people. Um, so that was just, yeah, I, I actually really thrived on on that part of it. But I think from from a business perspective, it was sort of organising things Um in terms of, you know, like stock and mm. a little bit of organisation into that, um, there wasn't really because I, I would have started my business around 2009. So social media hadn't taken off quite a lot yeah. <laughs> at that point. So it was really word of mouth most um, for the most part in terms of my clients. So I just found that really simple and straightforward Like I had a beautiful business card done and that was pretty much the only collateral that I had and maybe, you know, like a treatment menu. Um, And then, you know, Facebook was starting. So I had a Facebook page um, to share my offers, but it was really, it was very personal, very organic. Um, And I actually feel that for me, the challenges have come as it's gotten a little bit more complicated with the online world. Mm. Um, and as social media has grown and I, you know, I have a real love for um, the visual medium of of Instagram. So I have an affinity for that, but, you know, with that comes the fact that we all have this even platform being online as well. So having that exposure. Mm. Um, So I think, yeah, and, and my business has changed along the time as well. So, after I moved into state, I wasn't able to set up to do um, treatments to continue on with that. So I just focused on my, um, my day job then, which was in another industry. So that was in retail. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really been about having professional support for me at different times because um, mental health challenges have come in, into it um, personally as well. And that's obviously... That affects everything so yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting that I've chosen to still be a business owner because it's sort of that's that's a lot of personal development in itself um yeah. so I think that I think that's a real part of it but yeah I've had um either really great friendships and family or delved into um just a couple of practitioners or one practitioner in terms of professional support because I think that's super important Um, you know we need to look after ourselves as well as our clients um, because we're the person who's giving that care or facilitating that care Um, and if we're not okay then yeah obviously that plays out in different ways so
0: Mm.
1: yeah for me it's really been about that and I guess again anchoring to the vision of what I want to bring to people that's still been a big part of it for me
0: After the break, Maxine shares her lessons and advice for business owners. But first, a word from today's Beauté partner. Community, the Aesthetic and Beauty Industry Council has officially launched to industry professionals for the betterment of the industry. With three simple membership options to choose from, there is something for everyone from students currently studying, individual sole traders or clinic owners managing teams. For more information on the association or to sign up today, head to theabic.org.au. Thank you so much to the ABIC for making this episode of the Buté Industry Podcast possible. And now back to Maxine. It can be very isolating as a business owner, you know, even myself, I sit here in my house. Well, prior to having baby alone (laughs) all day, you know, obviously I'm recording and chatting to people like yourself, but um, you know, you go home to your husband and and your people or your wife and and your people that are closest to you um, and they just don't get it. And it's such a different industry to any other industry. You know, you feel like you're seeing clients all day, but you're not actually having conversations you know, meaningful conversations, you're not getting things off your check chest, you know, you don't have a work wife who you can go and grab a coffee with and, you know, have a bitch at lunch, you know, correct while by yourself. And then, you know, you're, it's such an emotional experience doing a treatment because you're just constantly giving and giving and giving your energy. um And if you don't, you know, you don't even have to be woo woo, but you know, if you don't kind of clear yourself after each treatment, you can truly carry that energy through to the next client, and you just get to the end of the day, and you're like, Ugh, "Why do I feel so crap?" Yeah. Um, you know, when it's it's just all of that. So you do have to be, yeah, taking care of yourself for sure. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and I, I totally relate to that. You know, I'm I definitely identify as being an empath, <laughs> so it's it's really important for me. And it's actually not been until probably the last. Oh, five or six years where I've really realised the, um, you know, the beauty of that but also the impact of that sometimes. And it's still, you know, a giant learning curve being such a um, sensitive soul sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's also incredible because it does allow you to be, um, you know, traditionally very caring and very compassionate to other people, I think. Mm. Um, Yeah, you can be quite in tune with... um, With people, but there has to be a healthy balance with that somehow. So, however, we go about finding that is unique to us.
0: Does it Uh, exist? I'm questioning.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly.
0: (laughs) So your business looks um, quite different these days. You, As you mentioned before, you've got an online shop. You Mm. um, do a lot of online consults as well. Have you made that pivot because of the pandemic or was that just kind of a natural thing that that you wanted to do, move more virtually?
1: Um, It's actually something I did well before the pandemic. So (laughs) it was more born out of my my personal circumstances so that interstate move that I made I think that was around 2012 ish um I moved to Canberra and yeah just didn't have the physical space where I lived to actually set that up um it wasn't really something that was feasible for me to do commercially at the time so um I yeah I sort of shelved the treatment idea but I had I had kept the passion for um, the home skincare realm because I knew that my personal experience had been quite therapeutic. So obviously I'd mentioned that, you know, I had a wonderful beauty therapist and professional treatments are definitely a big part of that for sure. Um, You know, you've got that touch therapy going on and that interaction from someone else. But it was just my, it was purely led from my personal experience. So I just started to work in the home skincare space um, in quite a relaxed way after I'd made that interstate move because I needed to settle where I was Um, and I was working in a different industry at that point as well. So again, there was a lot of change. (laughs) So um, I just kept it really simple. It was just about, um, yeah, consulting with people and, and working out their home skincare and seeing what was going on with their health. Um, and then that's developed over time. So I've deepened um, my knowledge and my personal experience has deepened over time. So, yeah, it was it was something I was already doing, but I think the pandemic has highlighted the need for both.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I find it quite rare, actually, um, because a lot of people that I've spoken to during the pandemic about moving their consults and um, their prescriptions to an online space. um, A lot of the clinical people have been pretty on board with it, but a lot of the, you know, holistic practitioners like yourself, they've been very, um, uh, what's the word, like, they just don't want to come on board you know because they're like no i need to touch the skin i need to see the skin i need to feel the energy like how do you go about that kind of consultation process when you don't have somebody physically in your space
1: yeah it is different um but it does provide flexibility is what Mm -hmm. i've found and i've actually found that i really value that um Having said that, I, you know, I do want to want to work in person with people again in terms of a one-on-one session. Yeah. But in terms of online, um, I think the empathic thing really serves me well, <laughs> mm. <laughs> to be honest, because I can still get a real sense of someone, even if their um, even if their consultation is, you know, via email, the answers that they provide to my questions. I I'm quite visual I start getting a real picture around this person um if I need to i I might clarify something but for me yeah I just have a really strong sense of someone it's just a sense for me so that may sound quite woo woo but um I'm not really fast if it does (laughs) um yeah that's just always been me um it's it's something that I probably didn't recognize as being such um, a strength Mm. until the last few years, I guess. Um, Yeah. Probably the last five years or so that's really come to the forefront as to um, how I can actually use that, but in a beneficial way for both me and somebody else. Yeah. So for me, it's a real sensing thing and you just develop a feel um, of someone, whether I'm, seeing them or whether I'm simply seeing photos of them, for example, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm extremely visual. So I just start getting a a picture that way. So that might not be helpful (laughs) (laughs) for everybody because everybody is is not the same. Um, But for me, yeah, that's how it's worked. Um, And just asking really great consultation questions too. I think that really comes into it as well. Obviously, that's a very practical aspect to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love how um, you framed empathy as a strength there because I think often people see empathy as like a weakness. You know, they're too emotional, too vulnerable. Mm. But I love that in our industry it's certainly um, certainly a strength. That's very cool. Um, I'm interested to know since you first started studying what kind of um, changes have you seen come across the industry and are you on board with those changes? <laughs> it's interesting. I
1: think I've seen a real mix. Well, what we're seeing today is a real mix of there is a huge trend towards holistic mm. um in in some very noticeable ways you know in terms of treatments um different modalities even that um people may be qualified in you know it, it's not strictly about being a dermal therapist a skin therapist or a beautician um whatever you're qualified as um yeah, so it's not that narrow sort of bandwidth, I guess, even though there's a lot in those professions, as we know, <laughs> that is sometimes not all, not always something that comes across to people regardless. But I think that, um, yeah, there is a huge trend towards that for obvious reasons. That's happening in our culture. Um, so from a Western culture standpoint, there, there is that move towards that over the past, you know, probably five to 10 years, I would say. Um, but at the same time, there's also this real medical, clinical aspect as well that I'm seeing too, which so you sort of got these two extremes in some cases. Mm. Um, and I find it really interesting when you come across business owners or um, businesses that are set up to actually embrace both. Yes. Um, in some ways. So I think it's a bit of a spectrum.
0: Mm. Um,
1: that's how I look at it so I think that's yeah that's been a massive change um and also the on the online thing exactly as I was saying before you know social media has changed it Mm. completely Um, we operate in so many different ways now and there are some businesses um and it's really interesting when you dive into business culture and doing it in a way that actually suits you um you can still you know do things sort of old school, old fashioned, so to speak. So, you know, there are some businesses that don't choose to, um, you know, go what's expected now with the online space. Some do, and it's just, yeah, it's really finding what works for you. So I think, um, I think they're the two key things that I've seen happen. Um, and with that holistic move as well, you know, there's so many more products now available to us as well on the whole, mm-hmm. but definitely in the organic space, that's, that's growing hugely.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think we're seeing a lot of the um, more clinical side of a treatment results and treatment outcome mm-hmm. actually come back to the more holistic side. You know, if we are feeling down, we know that that presents on our skin. If we are feeling happy, our skin can be radiant and glowing. So It's quite interesting that they almost feel polar opposites, but they're actually so interlinked that, you know, we don't even realize how closely connected they actually are. Yeah. And that's
1: been my learning experience as well, like um, in terms of, you know, when you dive into things like energy medicine or, um, you know, anything sort of in the holistic space, which obviously... You know, most of that, if not all of that, belongs to the ancient cultures of our world, like the Mm. Indigenous cultures and the people that have been around for a long time. They're the ones that, you know, we're, we're initially being informed by and then sort of science comes along and... Um, confirms a lot for for us I guess you could say and sort of puts it in a different context so they do complement each other and they are most certainly um, connected as you say yeah
0: yeah absolutely Um, your product range is quite a different product range there how did you find such a cool range and and what makes it so unique
1: yeah it's a beautiful range it's certified organic um, ayurvedic skincare and I think I've said that incorrectly but
0: <laughs> that's a hard word to say
1: <laughs> it is and A-O-B I get dick. sometimes I get it right and sometimes not um, it's a beautiful brand based in Melbourne um, that I retail and stock so um, I seem to have this knack of coming across brands when they're just starting or before they've started mm-hmm. and that was the case with this one so um I, I think I saw them initially on Instagram. And this was in 2017 when they were launching. They hadn't actually yet launched, but they'd started their Instagram account. Um, So, you know, the website was up, but it was just, you know, your landing page. So I contacted them and said, you know, I I just really love what you're about. And um, I had previously been working with a Certified Organic Professional Skincare range for about, that would have been for easily like 10 years by that point. So to make a move to another one was a big deal. Um, but what I, what I really wanted for myself and my clients was that ritualistic and truly holistic approach. And that's what, um, you know, being based in Ayurveda actually brings. Um, they're an authentic brand with that too. The founder um, is from Sri Lanka. So her, her roots, that's how she grew up. it 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 wasn't um a concept like it is for us um that was exactly how she grew up so yeah it just totally ticked all those boxes for me and it actually took it to another level in terms of ingredients um it's yeah it's just super high quality and yeah really really beautiful so it brings something that i was really really wanting to bring so it's very aligned
0: yeah Yeah, very cool. Um, I'm curious to know what scares you and what excites you about the industry. I feel like so much is changing and so much has changed even just in the last two years with the pandemic. And, um, you know, I guess it's very uh, foggy, you know, the future. We don't know what that looks like. Mm. Um, How are you feeling about the future of the industry at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, there's mixed feelings, I guess. Um, I see a lot of positives in the industry for sure. You know, there's there's people and organisations like, you know, yourself and Bute Industry who are providing, you know, some really great education and support for our industry. So I think that's super important because that that was definitely a gap um, in, uh, yeah, throughout the industry basically you know, there are other businesses, you know, contributing to that as well, which is wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, being that I'm not hands-on, you know, sometimes I sort of feel like I sit on the kind of the outer of the industry a little bit, so I don't feel like I necessarily completely sit in that box, um, so to speak. But I think, you know, the move towards Holistic is really positive because people are really wanting that for their health. Um So I think the fact that we've got some wonderful um, professionals being trained in multiple sort of modalities or trainings really brings some some more depth and some variety for for our clients. So I think that's super important. Um, and the fact that we do have, um, you know, on the one hand, it's great that we have choice in terms of our professional ranges now as well, but also I think it's really overwhelming. Too much choice. <laughs> yeah, yes. and I think that works for both clients and professionals alike. I know sometimes even though I've chosen to align with one brand, which is not actually very common either, there's usually multiple brands that people stock, Um you know, sometimes I look at the information and I'm going, oh, that's actually, it's becoming a little trickier sometimes to decipher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's something that I've always seen as a bit of my strength is to actually decipher the information. But I think some of the lines are becoming a little bit blurred in some senses. So mm-hmm. that's really interesting as well. So yeah, it, and, and definitely on the pandemic front, it's, it's scary for a lot of people who are hands-on businesses, you know, that's their livelihood and their dreams on the line. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's calling for a lot of change and a lot of adaptation. Um, so we have to get creative about the ways that we work our business and how we want to show up in that. Um, and that's not easy. You know, mm. that's, that's challenging if you want to, um, if you're very aligned with being hands-on and having that in-person connection, which is not always available.
0: Yeah, yeah. very, very true. Um, in your time in the industry and in your experience in the industry, um, what's some of the biggest lessons that you've taken away?
1: That's a really great question. <laughs> so many. <laughs> so many but I think um, I think my biggest one is what um, what I've come back to in this conversation is to anchor into your, your values and your vision around what you want to bring. Um, we need to be able to have some sort of a guidepost through things. Um, I think, um, yeah, that that's super important. So, yeah, what I've learned is that that serves me really well. I've also learned that when you're going through personal things, which I You know, I mean, everybody does, but I've had some really major crossroads um, and major sort of events where that's greatly impacted my ability to show up the way that I want to.
0: Um,
1: So my biggest lesson there has been to surrender, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, probably plays out in this current climate with the pandemic as well. That's really difficult for most people to do. Mm. Um, For obvious reasons and you know everybody's going to be different with that but I I think those two things have been my my main ones um and if you think that you know going into business and everything is sometimes it can be really smooth and straightforward but it's really about aligning with um offering what you yeah offering what's aligned for you as a person and I think then you actually create more flow so those
0: three things. Yeah, I love that because we can often get distracted, you know, even, um, you know, I've experienced this myself with beauty, where, you know, I came into the industry just purely wanting, or not into the industry, but into Butte rather, just purely wanting to create community and create support. And then I guess, you know, there was a big label thrown at me that I was a coach. Then I started kind of doing some coaching stuff and then people going, oh, but you're so good at education. Can you do education too? And I thought, yeah, why not? Then we threw in a bit of education and, you know, you can certainly get um, sidetracked. But I think, as Mm. you said, when you come back to that anchor, which is not always easy because we're always so busy and rushed off our pants of our seat, you know, it's really difficult to come back to that. But when when you do and you sit in that, you go, why the heck am I doing all this other stuff? It doesn't even serve me and I don't even like to do it anymore. But I think the magic is finding that time to sit down and, and get back to base.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you've said it spot on right there. Um, it is very easy to get distracted and that distraction can take many forms. <laughs> um, and I've definitely experienced that myself um, along the way. So, yeah, it's really about, um, yeah, having that vision and that dream um, and cultivating, cultivating staying with that, however that looks for you um it's tricky but it's definitely worth it for sure so I think this year has been particularly um insightful for me in terms of how that actually has um, transpired you know really great support that I've had um that I haven't had prior to now um has really served me in being able to stay true to what I really want to achieve so Yeah, however
0: you find that for you is great. (laughs) Absolutely. Maxine, it's been so special to chat with you today. Thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable and um, sharing with our audience.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to share and I, I hope it's been helpful for people as well.
0: You know, something that a lot of our guests have in common is the fact that their mind has wandered, if not, they've actually ventured into other areas of their career away from the beauty industry. And after testing the waters, they've always found a time where their career and life has returned them back to the industry. Some of you may be having those similar thoughts yourself at the moment, given the amount of time that the industry has been closed. And you know what? That is completely okay. I want you to be really gentle with yourself and do what's right for you right now. If right now our industry is not the right place for you, then find a space that is. And you might even find that you'll wind up back here at the right time when you least expected it. If you've loved today's conversation, you can check out more about Maxine and her virtual services over on the gram at soul And of course, while you're there, be sure to show us some love at Butte Industry. We are currently searching for more inspiring guests to talk to on the podcast, so don't be shy. Put yourself out there and drop me a message in my DMs by searching for me at Tamara Reed Butte, and you could very well be sharing your story on the podcast in no time. Until next time, stay connected.